Hello and welcome to Asia Watch Beyond the Headlines, where we take a deeper dive into current developments in Asia of interest and impact for Canadians. My name is Stuart Beck, the President and CEO of the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada. Asia Watch is our free news intelligence service and features analysis on the latest trends, news and issues in Asia that matter to Canadians. Visit our homepage to subscribe at www.asiapacific.ca. This week, we are exploring the unprecedented acceleration in digital adop adoption in Southeast Asia as an engine of economic development, particularly in the context of the post-pandemic world. By 2022, the digital economy will, will be responsible for a staggering 60% of global GDP. I'm talking today with Daniela Rodriguez, a program manager and research analyst with the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada. Daniela has been following the rapid rise of digitization in Asia, particularly in Indonesia, which has its sights set on becoming the largest digital economy in Asia. Hi, Daniela. Uh, hi, Stuart. Thanks for having me. Uh, Daniela, you wrote this week in Asia Watch about two homegrown tech unicorns in Indonesia and talks of a merger of these two companies. Can you tell our listeners what the deal entails and why it matters? Sure. So it is a merger talk between two major tech startups in Indonesia, one being Gojek, which started as a ride-hailing company, but they have since expanded into financial services, mobile payments, food delivery, and such, and Tokopedia, which runs an e-commerce marketplace, so for people to create their own online store. The merger is very significant because first, it would create Indonesia's first comprehensive super app, basically one app with a wide range of services, including mobile payments, which are very, very convenient nowadays. Uh, second, it's very important because it would expand both market, uh, the market share for both tech unicorns, and it would facilitate their roads towards profitability. It is important to note that both Tokopedia and Gojek are not profitable enterprises yet. They depend on various investors and funding uh, rounds to keep not only expand their operations, but even operate on a daily basis. And third, the combined venture would also be quite competitive within Indonesia and internationally, particularly when competing against other tech giants like Grab from Singapore, which also offers very similar services to Gojek, especially ride hailing and food delivery and mobile payments. Uh, and they've both been butting heads in Southeast Asia for a while now, especially in Indonesia. And also it would make them more competitive against C, another Singaporean-based tech company, which has a comprehensive platform in products like digital payments and e-commerce and gaming. You know, this is interesting, Daniela, because what you're talking about is a, is a tech ecosystem that is really quite vibrant in Southeast Asia and something that we Canadians don't really know and understand. And, and thank you for, for bringing us into uh, into the know when it comes to uh, to what's happening there. But Indonesia has already moved more than 10 million of its small businesses to online business platforms. And consumers have significantly shifted online. Why is digitalization so important for economies like Indonesia? Why the drive to transform economies to digital? I think 
it's mostly due to economic growth. Countries like Indonesia really are looking to become high income countries, at least in the next 10 years. And they really see the digital economy as a major, like you said at the beginning, engine for growth in order to achieve that. And it's really interesting because they've been able to leapfrog a lot of more, would you say, established high income countries with long established say internet economies like the US or Canada, what makes Indonesia so thriving in part is its mobile ecosystem and the fact that people mostly access the internet through the smartphone and through very affordable smartphones, not only in the device being affordable, but also the mobile plans being affordable. So all these services are really concentrated in the mobile space, which is kind of like they're almost leapfrogging Canada in a sense. In the long term, digitization is really crucial for the fourth industrial revolution. It will be the backbone of technologies like artificial intelligence and 3D printing, uh, Internet of Things. They all need the Internet to function. They all need vast amounts of user-generated data to work properly. What's interesting, I think people need to understand from a Canadian perspective is that uh, Indonesia is a country of 250 million people. and the uh, you know, the average age is around 25 or 30 years old. So it's not surprising that uh, they become digital savvy so much more quickly than, you know, older generations and people who have, uh, who have not yet moved into that, into that space. Uh, after a short break, I'll return with Daniela, one of our foundation's program managers to continue the conversation. The Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada invites you to subscribe to Asia Watch, our free email newsletter. Delivered to your inbox every Tuesday and Thursday from our team of research analysts, Asia Watch features the latest news, trends, and issues in Asia that matter to Canadians. Subscribe today at www.asiapacific.ca, a uniquely Canadian take on Asia. Daniela, we've discussed Indonesia. How is this transformation playing out across the rest of the APEC region? And what lessons can we learn for Canada? Most countries are moving towards a digital transformation no matter what, despite all the headwinds from COVID-19. It really is their way to go, especially if you have small businesses closed right now. The only way that they can really operate is online. So we've definitely see a stronger trend towards that and an acceleration in that direction. I would say that Southeast Asia, within all that region, Southeast Asia really is very active, particularly not just Indonesia, but Malaysia and Vietnam, they're leading the pack, I would say, especially the growth of the internet economy has been quite astounding despite COVID. In terms of lessons for Canada, I think it's important to note that consumer behaviors, especially of finding services or shopping online, even for something as simple as food delivery are here to stay. So it's really important for Canadian businesses to take that into account. And also, I think Canada is really aware of, but should really kind of accelerate on, is the use of data and data governance. Because as more people use go online and more businesses come online through the pandemic and beyond, more and more data will be generated. So it's really important to start putting standards in protections and standards on data sharing and enforcement mechanisms for these sort of policies. And when you look broadly at this transformation, what challenges and opportunities do you see 
Definitely two things come to mind. One being digital literacy. While we have a wide amount of, uh, like it's a very competitive environment with a lot of platforms offering similar services, I think people are still not 100% sure on how to use them, what they're for, on how they can benefit their own business. So it's really important to start increasing that the digital literacy. And a second challenge, which is a slightly bigger than that, would be the digital divide. So both Canada and Indonesia would struggle with something like urban-rural digital divides, where urban centers and cities have better access to the internet, either mobile or fixed connection, and faster speeds than their, than people living in rural areas or, say, in, the, in territories up north. Uh, in Indonesia, it would be the case of remote islands. So addressing this gap in access to the internet is really crucial to ensure not just quality across the board in one country, but also to afford the same type of opportunities in rural areas and to other people who just don't live in cities. In terms of opportunities for Canada and Canadian businesses, I think it's important to note that Southeast Asia is a very thriving environment in the tech space and Canada's brand is not as big in the in the region. It would be really important to raise Canada's profile, not just in the type of technology being developed in Canada, but also uh, what it can offer in terms of education and in terms of maybe funding even for startups. And I think a great way of doing that is through partnerships. I know that Element AI has been partnering with an Indonesian agricultural AI startup. That kind of partnership would be a very valuable opportunity for other Canadian enterprises to explore. Yeah, I think this is interesting. A couple of points that you made, which uh, I think people need to understand. Digital equity is one thing. That's something we're going to have to face here in Canada. And the second thing, and I think it's a very valid point, is we need to make a bigger investment into Southeast Asia because it's a very large market with a lot of uh, opportunity. And again, we have to invest in it ourselves from a Canadian perspective. We have to really put the groundwork in place to make Canada important in that particular market. Daniela, this has been a great segment. It's really interesting to hear what's going on digital innovation and digitization. It's an area of leadership that Canada has, and it's something that's really gonna be important in our relationship with Southeast Asia. So thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. I hope you've enjoyed our segment. Please subscribe to Asia Watch or visit our website, www.asiapacific.ca. Until next time, thank you very much.